What the F is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash what the if. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. And thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to what the if last if of Welcome to What the If. Uh, yes, Professor Stanley, Matt Stanley of New York University, historian of science, is here as always. And uh, what were uh, you were As often, say? anyway. I don't know if I'm always here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, often there are, um, there have been of, of late some um, an early events happening in the timeline of the history of science that you've mm -hmm. needed to attend to. Yeah. And um, as far as I know, all is well. I mean, it's one of the weird things about um, messing with the timeline is you're never quite sure if you did it right or if you failed in such a way that you changed your own timeline and you're not aware of what's going on. It gets very yeah. recursive. <laughs> I'm going to guess that um, just like on Star Trek, you have a prime directive in which you're not supposed to interfere with anything. You're just supposed to witness. And yet, just like on Star Trek, in fact, every single time you go back, you do end up interfering in a, in a big way. Yep, that's right. Because you have to save the day. You know? um, uh, yeah, and um, as with Star Trek, it's usually because I've fallen in love with Joan Collins. Um, and, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, uh, um, I hope everyone's having a wonderful holiday wherever you are in the world and whatever holidays you're celebrating. Um, we do have a big uh, holiday of New Year's coming up. Um, and, uh, this is the last, uh, what the if of 2023 on the, uh, Gregorian calendar. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. the, uh, the Eastern Orthodox calendar is, uh, slightly out of, um, sync with, with ours. Oh, and of course the Chinese calendar, um, is its right. own thing. And the Jewish calendar, uh, is all, they're all slightly different. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. We should, we could do an if one day on calendars, the Jewish calendar in particular is one of the weirder ones. I feel like, because it has an extra month it has, I'm sorry, it has a leap month mm -hmm. that comes around every certain number of years yeah. based being based on the moon, which puts it completely out of whack. With, uh, yeah. I guess the Jewish calendar, they weren't that big. I don't know. They weren't, um, I don't know. Were they not as punctual? They were more punctual. I don't know. Well, I mean, one of the, the nice things about lunar calendars is that uh, it's easy for anybody to do, right? You can just look up in the sky and see when it's the, the new oh, moon, um, whereas yeah, solar right. calendars take a lot of highly specialized measurements and calculations. Um, right. So there's a sense in which um, lunar calendars um, are more egalitarian. Interesting. Yeah, it's a budget thing. It's a budget you know? thing. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> kind of a low Astronomers budget. are very expensive. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, they sleep all the time. That's what mm -hmm. I, from what I can tell. Pretty much. Um, so, uh, what the if? Um, what is what is uh, what the if, Matt? For those who uh, they just stumbled in, they missed the show all year. Oh, I see. Come in. And you just you, you found a what? mysterious box on your yeah. stoop, and you've opened it up, <laughs> and inside is a podcast, and it's us. 
Um, right. Yeah. So what we do here is we uh, change reality a little bit. Um, sometimes it's small. You know, what if the Big Mac came with mustard instead of special sauce? Um, sometimes it's big. What if there were no stars? Uh, and then we run with the consequences of whatever bit of reality we've changed. Um, and hopefully we, we learn some interesting things along the way. And right. sometimes we destroy the universe. Yeah, and sometimes we do. And sometimes some real science falls out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When, when no so, one's looking, yeah. That's right, exactly, exactly. So we'll try, we'll try to highlight that. Um, so, you know, keep, follow along with your, uh, keep your science scoopers handy to uh, pick it up when it falls out. You can study it. Um, this week, uh, our if, as we call it, um, which is the thought experiment we're going to run with, uh, our, our ifs come from all different sources. Sometimes they come from you, our listeners, uh, and you're always welcome to send in. If you have an idea for a show you'd like us to do, uh, you have an idea for an if, you can email us, feedback at whattheif.com, or go to our website and uh, just say contact, whattheif.com. Um, sometimes we rip the if from the headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, and uh, in this case, it's um, uh, an unusual, well, it's, it's a listener, it's a VIP listener i would say Hmm. is bringing us the if so tell us tell us matt where does our if come from today um our if comes for from the eighth floor of the gallatin school of individualized study um uh, which is where the people in charge live the powers that be and in this (laughs) case uh, my dean uh, victoria rosner who is in charge of our school um uh, who I should say um, is best friends with my dog, Freya. Um, ah. <laughs> so Dean Rosner actually keeps dog treats in her office, um, which Wonderful. my dog knows. So as, as soon as we come into the office, uh, Freya wants to go up to the eighth floor and get treats. Wonderful. So Dean Rosner of the Gallatin School, which is part of New York University. That is correct. Yeah. NYU. Yeah. Um, so uh, Dean Rosner um, uh, suggested uh, last week, week before, something like that, uh, that uh, we should... Uh, it would be great if we could swap minds sometimes. Um, and I think she suggested it so as to uh, to get out of a particular task that she didn't want to do. And I was complaining about <laughs> tasks I didn't want to do. So she suggested if we could just do a mind swap, then everybody wins. Um, uh, and this is, and she said that would be a good topic for the podcast. And I agreed. So here we are. It is. It is. Is there any chance that this was, uh, was, was this at any kind of event where eggnog may have been present? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. So I'm now going to, uh, we're going to play the fanfare so that everyone understands and they, you know, they're they're clear on the uh, great events that are about to unfold. But tell us uh, what sort of safety protocols might people want to uh, adhere to before Um, we enter. You know, make sure your your seatbelts are firm. Um, Your drinks are covered. (laughs) <laughs> um, and keep your uh, hands inside the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. That's great. As we ask, what the if? We could swap minds. Imagine a mind swap meet. Wow. All right. This is one of those ideas that just completely derails right off the bat. Uh, also, very um, there's also a hint of a, a Disney movie that came out when I was a kid called Freaky Friday. Yeah, I think there's that? actually been a few iterations of it now, if I remember yeah. right. 
uh, yeah. for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. Freaky Saturday, Freaky Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think it's been remade. Um, it's funny. I can't re- It's one of these movies I can't remember a lot of specifics about, but I remember it very <laughs> well. I just remember loving it. You know? um, but I think it was, it was a mother and daughter swap. Uh, that was, I think that was um, the original one from the 70s. And actually right. maybe the, the one with Lindsay Lohan in the 90s as well. Uh, was also yeah. a mother-daughter swap. Yeah, that's right. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what if we could swap minds? Now, um, as we said, we, we, do, um, we do try to keep at least one toe or one digit of one toe in the pool of science. Um, so as we begin a thought experiment, so, so imagine, so tell us, you know, I think one thing that's fun about this show is we, we sort of help people understand, get a feel for the scientific method and how scientists think, right? As opposed to just stoners. You know, not that those <laughs> two don't overlap sometimes, but uh, um, uh, how would you be, so suppose somebody, this, suppose this was a scientific thing, suppose this, mm-hmm. was, a, this was thrown out, how, how would it become a scientific uh, what, how would so, it enter the process? Yeah. So the first thing we would probably need to figure out is exactly what it is we mean by mind and exactly what we mean by uh-huh. swap, right? Because um, one, one of the things that often happens in scientific investigations is you think you're studying one thing and it turns out you're studying something else. Yeah. Uh, so it's helpful to kind of nail down your categories at the start so you're, you're sure what it is you're doing. Um, and... It turns out there's actually, so if I said to you, what do you mean by your mind? Uh-huh. What what might you mean by that? Right? That can mean a bunch of different things. I guess in my, yeah, in, I guess in my mind, I was thinking, <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, the, uh, what goes on in my brain. Okay. Yep. Like um, the circuitry or the signals that are going on in, in my brain would mm-hmm. instead go on in yours. Okay. Yeah, that's uh-huh. that sounds right. Because we, we've got yeah. this this sense that um, we have a collection of thoughts and experiences and reactions to those experiences and memories tied up with those. And when we say me, we mean that conglomeration of things and we call that our mind. Um, Mm. And it seems to be localized in our brains. Um, And I should say that wasn't obvious to people all the time. Um, Uh, and weirdly, um, uh, uh, some of the, the big breakthroughs on this have been because of what nowadays we call a traumatic brain injury, right? So people would go to war and get hit in the head with an ax and then suddenly they couldn't remember names anymore, um, oh. or things like that. So there's this gradual accumulation of evidence that some, um, whatever our thoughts are, they're somehow related to that gray jelly inside our skull too. Mm -hmm. Um, So exactly what the relationship between our thoughts and the material substance of our brain is, has been at debate for a very long period of time. Right. Um, So the, the default position I think kind of assumed in the thought experiment is one called dualism, which is that, You've got a brain, um, and it's important, right? It keeps your your body running, um, but your mind, your thoughts, and your consciousness are different from your brain in some deep metaphysical way. Um, they're clearly connected, right? Because your thoughts can make your body do stuff, and that process seems to go through your brain. Um, but nonetheless, there's often this sense that there's something 
different. Um, and that, so the, the sort of classical um, reading on this is that you have a soul and that your soul is immaterial. And even though it inhabits your body, um, it's a, a, a fundamentally different kind of thing. Um, and, you know, in theological terms, the purpose of this is so that when you die and your body stops moving, um, your soul can go somewhere else and live forever and, you know, be punished eternally, depending on how bad a person you are. Um, but the idea being that it can, it can survive in a way that you can't. So when we say swap minds, we mean this kind of Cartesian sense that you have a soul, a, a, some kind of consciousness and awareness that can be detached from your body. Huh. Um, and in the case of this thought experiment, put into somebody else's body. Right. So that's this, this, uh, the, some of the, the assumptions that underlie the thought experiment is that that is the nature of our mind. Because we don't, uh, when we say swap minds, we don't mean cut my brain out of my head and put it into your head and then take your right. brain out and put it into my skull. Even though I should say that was the premise of um, what is universally accepted to be the worst Star Trek episode ever, Spock's brain. Um, <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. They cut out Spock's brain. Oh, it's an amazingly bad episode. Yes, it is. Really? Um, some, some aliens um, steal his brain specifically yeah. um, and like keep it as a pet. And then the, the crew of the Enterprise has to recover it and put it back in. Wait, um, is, is the brain like sitting in like a, a round container with mm -hmm. a glass dome on yeah, it? Yeah, sitting in a jar. Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's not what we mean by, by swap minds, right? We mean something right. more ephemeral, I guess. Uh, so then... The although, although, I was going to say, there is possible... And one of the questions is, how would we do it? Yeah, like, so that's interesting another thing, one, too. What the if could This what the if could kind of be. What if we wanted to swap brains, how could we do it? So I was, in my mind, I was thinking more like another old science fiction trope of two people in a laboratory, both with like metal domes on their head that are connected by wires, mm -hmm. and they are um, kind of like making a rec like a, a recording, like a computer, right? Sort of recording the signals that are going on in the brain of one person and pasting them into the brain and of putting the other. them into another. Yeah, so the, or switching um, them like hard drives in a way, right? Yeah. So the, the technical term for this is the idea that consciousness is substrate neutral, meaning Whoa. whatever your consciousness is, even though it's connected to your brain, the substance of your brain doesn't matter. Um, huh. That we can, in the same way that the hard drive on your laptop, right? The, a, a particular image on your hard drive is substrate neutral. It doesn't matter what hard drive it's on. It's the same image. Although we'd also, th this would also imply that you'd have a problem that we don't have on, <laughs> that we do have in computers, which is that what if one person is a Mac kind of, and the other is a PC, mm -hmm. yep. then That's right. you couldn't swap <laughs> easily. That's right. Yeah. So there's got to be enough similarity among brains um, that we can swap um, minds from place to place. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then there's this sort of unspoken assumption that they will continue to work the same way even after it's been transferred from one person to the next. And, and we can talk later a bit about how that assumption plays out. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when we do the swap, and I think you're right that we probably need a laboratory with electrodes strapped to our heads to, to make this work. 
Yeah. Um, because like, what's the point if you don't have a giant laboratory with lightning bolts and stuff like that? Right, right. Yeah. Or if you, you could be like Kylo Ren and just point <laughs> your hand at somebody and then read their thoughts that way, but that's cheating. Yeah, that's totally cheating. Can't do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then if, so, um, we finish the experiment and, you know, somebody pulls the lever, um, and it's done. How do we know for us again, this is the scientific question is what observations should we be making to see if the swap has happened and then what Ah. effects the swap has had, right? So what, what kind of tests would you want to do? I assume you and I are swapping lines. I don't know. Yes. Okay. That that sounds good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how will people know that this has occurred? Because just looking at us won't tell anything. Right. Um, that's a great question. Right. Would it, would our, would, would, it wouldn't be necessarily that I would speak with your voice. Presumably not, right? Because right. my voice is in, in the auditory sense is controlled by the structure of my vocal cords and you know the right, size of right. my chest and things like that, right? Um, so I guess I, I would just answer as you, you know. Well, that's right. So you would sound well. The, whoever is sound in my, like me. My, that's right. Yeah. My body would still sound like me. It would still sound like right. Me. But right. presumably, you use different word choices and rhythms yeah. of speech than I do. So a yeah. careful listener could probably tell um, yeah. based on that. I don't know what what words do I use that other people don't. That would be a dead giveaway that I was inside you. Well, here, here's an interesting one. You are a karate master, mm-hmm. a sensei, a ah. two-time, two-time, d- double black belt, <laughs> <laughs> two-time in black belt. Um, and so would I now... Because I have your mind, mm-hmm. would I be able to do uh, karate? Yeah, so that's a really good question, right? So yeah. um, something like karate is physical, right? Mm-hmm. It's got things like muscle memory and strength and coordination. But it's also right. mental in the sense that you know I know certain moves and how to apply them. So um, I think one of the things we might want to study with the swap after the swap is what you could do. So um, when you go to karate class, um, you know, you'd be able to make a good fist because presumably that's all physical. Um, But would you know that you need to keep your wrist straight when you hit the board or else you hurt yourself? Maybe, I don't know. And would you know what to do when Janelle tries to kick you in the head? Um, I don't, I, th- I think that's actually kind of an open, uh, that's an unclear question to me um, because yeah. that's clearly both physical and mental. And the notion of swapping minds implies that it's just mental stuff that's swapped. I think what would happen is that um, your mind in my body wouldn't, wouldn't be familiar with my body. And so it would try to do the normal, the things it's used to doing with your body. Ah, yep. But my body would be, first of all, completely out of shape, mm-hmm. let alone ignorant of all these things. And interestingly, would have no, quote, muscle memory, or the muscle memory wouldn't yeah. line up with my actual muscles, mm-hmm. right? It would just be a mess. In fact, to the point of actually, in the very first steps, I imagine once the, the mind swap is done, you would literally, uh, it's almost like you'd be in a stranger's body. And have no idea how to control yes. it. So it would yeah, take a long, right. you might have to learn mm-hmm. how to walk. You know? That's right. And I think that's, if I remember right, that's part of the, the first act of the Freaky Friday movies is, is oh. getting used to somebody else's body. But I, I only have uh. the vaguest memory um, yeah, of that. Yeah. 
but that's but I think that's right is that you would have to learn and I actually remember that when I was a teenager um, I remember going and I'd been doing karate for a few years mm-hmm. I went through a growth spurt so all of a sudden my limbs were longer than I was used to and <laughs> I kept doing things like kicking the wall by accident um, because I did not realize that my body was that size <laughs> and, Interesting. That, was, and yeah. that was a real problem. And I had to relearn that. Um, yeah. And that's actually, I should say that's actually been an issue with, um, with Freya because she's, she's been growing so fast is she oh. constantly thinks she's smaller than she is. So she smashes into tables and doors and things, the openings that she thinks she can get through. No problem. She's yeah. actually way too big. Smashes Interesting. It's pretty funny. Interesting. Um, you know, this, this idea of swapping minds actually in the, in the way we're talking about it right now, um, was illustrated beautifully in a series that I'm not sure how many people saw beautiful science fiction series called into the loop, into the loop. I think that's what it was called. Tales from the loop. Sorry. Tales from the loop based on, um, there's a, uh, artist, I believe he's Scandinavian Stalin hog. I think it's his last name. I have his book here. Anyway, amazing science fiction artist. Um, paints all these really surreal uh, images and then somebody got the brilliant idea to turn them into a TV, into a, like a limited series and it's on Amazon. Tales from, anyway, it's absolutely beautiful, really well done. And there was one episode where um, somebody uh, encounters like an object. Two, two, two boys are in the forest, two teenagers are in the forest and there's this kind of sphere they come upon that has a hole in it and one of them gets in the sphere and then whoop, all of a sudden something happens and it turns out that they uh, swapped minds. And Mm -hmm. so then uh, they decide to go back. Each goes back to the normal life of the body that they're in and try, you know, tries to pretend to be uh, that person. So tries to, and and manages barely to, you know, the family thinks they're acting strange, but not strange enough to to say, (laughs) did you swap minds? (laughs) Um, yeah. And that, because that's, um, I think that this is certainly part of the thought experiment is this notion that you would then go on with the life of the body of the person you, yeah. you went into. Yeah. Because of yeah. course the, you know, the wish fulfillment here is everybody else's life must be better than mine. So I want to go live yeah. their life for a while. Um, yeah. But if I uh, swap into your body, then I receive a phone call and somebody says, so, you know, how's the editing going on the Miss documentary? <laughs> and I say, well, I guess I'll go try to do some of that then. Um, and I, I would imagine that not a lot of your editing skill is, I don't know, is physical. Is that the right way to think? It's not like your, your index finger is trained to click at a certain moment it's that stuff that happens in oh your i think head, it is right yeah but you have my head now well right? well okay so this all right so this is one of the things we need to think about is that yeah um there's presumably some things that are entirely mental yeah um and have no physical correlate and some yeah. things that are in the brain and therefore kind of feel like they are mental, but yeah. nonetheless are physical and therefore unchanged by the mind swap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's actually not really clear to me where that boundary lies. Um, so like is, yeah. is your feel for what a good moment to make a cut is, is that something that, 
that you consciously process in your head and you say, okay, this is where I need to stop and cut away from Elmo? Right. Or is it or does it just kind of happen without you thinking about right. it? Right. I think it's probably similar to how you are in karate. Yeah. Okay. Um, whereas knowing how to edit is a, is a far poor, it's not a very good defense mechanism. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's kept you alive for it's it's, it's worked so far. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm just trying to think too. Here's the strange thing. So you are. It's so funny. It's hard to keep track of this. So let's see. You are. Your mind is still your mind. No, you. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to think. What do you actually like? You technically, you wouldn't be aware. You would only be aware of. So in other words, your 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 mind right now at the beginning here mm-hmm. is in your body. Yep. If you come into my body, your mind is completely your mind, actually. So you wouldn't yes. have. So your mind is in my body, but you're not getting any of my mind. That's right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think but, what your dean was asking is, what if we could somehow? That's the same thing, I guess. I'm yeah, I think that's. Swap. I think that's what you're okay. imagining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the implication is that we then transfer back, you know, 24 hours later. So it's not really and, swapping minds, it's swapping bodies. Well, any... I guess that depends on your point of view. <laughs> right, right. And actually, right. maybe that's an important thing, too, is this raises the question of, of where does your identity truly lie, yes. right? Is your identity yes. in your thoughts and memories and cognition, or is your identity in your body? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Descartes' answer was, it's clearly in your mind. It is just your thoughts. That is what we mean when we say me. Yeah. Um, but that's not obvious to everybody. Um, so like in Buddhism, there's a whole principle called anatman, no self, which is <laughs> denying exactly this, that there is any irreducible element of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, are, you are only the compound of all of the things that make up you. So you are your, you are your thoughts and your body and their interaction between the two. Right. Um, yeah. And it would be a mistake to identify yourself only with one of those. Yeah. Um, I feel as, like that's becoming a much more common, a much more prevalent thought these days. I think that's that? right. And I have a friend of mine who's a historian of neuroscience and he says, his, his thoughts on this is um, it's actually the, the widespread ability of things like antidepressants and ADHD drugs that we every the 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 current generation is totally at home with the idea that physical things can change your mental states right that's yeah. just a yeah. that's just a normal thing right you take the yeah. pill every day and then you think differently um, yeah. so the idea that your thoughts are somehow independent of your mind seems ridiculous right they're, right they're clearly or reality is malleable i mean you well can... and that's i should say that's the buddhist conclusion as well oh, <laughs> is that reality actually does depend on your experience of it for just that reason mm-hmm. um but for instance but if we even if we we stick with the purely cognitive mind swap so your mind is now in my physical brain um and i do take antidepressants right so uh-huh. all of a sudden you're going to be your <laughs> your thoughts are inside a brain that is saturated with Prozac. Okay. All right. Um, I need that saturated Prozac state to function. You might not. I don't know what your thought patterns would be under the influence of Prozac. 
Actually, it's interesting you say that because I uh, I have uh, also take antidepressants, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I one of the first ones I ever tried was Prozac, and it it did not work. All it did was make me super tired. Hmm. So would I now become super tired, or would I not? We don't know. That yeah, that's an interesting question because it might yeah. be that the weird reaction to Prozac you had is, or I just say, and that's not weird, it's just different than mine. The reaction yeah. to Prozac you had might be because of some physical structure in your brain, um, <laughs> or it might be some kind of cognitive thing as well, something more yeah. abstract. Yeah. Um, and I should say, if this technology was available, we would learn so much about the brain so fast, yeah. right? Because yeah. we could suddenly yeah. do experiments like this that we can't do right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I should say, we don't really understand how things like antidepressants work. Um, We we, we do things like call them serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Mm -hmm. but we actually don't know. (laughs) It's a a total mystery. And this is why, um, you know, like like you, I tried a bunch of different antidepressants before I settled on Prozac and a bunch of different doses before I settled on this. And it was all trial and error. People are just messing around until they figure it out. Yeah. Um, so it might be nice that we could actually figure out what's um Which is no different, not that much different from like in the olden times where you might, the doctor might give you this herb or that herb and, mm-hmm. right, you just try to experiment. And, and see what helps, right? See what helps, yeah. Um, I think one of, if this tech got widespread, as it surely would, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what, I, I feel like I would get a little paranoid. Because every person who I interacted with, I would have to start wondering, are you you or are you somebody else inhabiting that body now? We we could jump even more forward. Mm -hmm. In other words, that you would very quickly forget what your original body was. You would just keep, in other words, it would be Uh, like, mm -hmm. right? You would be, the whole world would be really scrambled really quickly. People wouldn't even know how to get back to their original bodies. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. In fact, you right. at, at the very top, you mentioned a swap meet. Um, I could yeah, totally imagine yeah. there being um, a place out in Brooklyn, you know, flea market or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and people who were interested in swapping bodies would just show up there um, yeah. and you'd zap each other and then you'd go your own way. And as you say, yeah. unless you we do have, a- we, we do have parties like that in Brooklyn, by the way. <laughs> I knew it. Late I at, knew it. Late, <laughs> late at night. <laughs> out in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so unless you had made arrangements ahead of time, your body wanders off with this new person and you might never see it again. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. You yeah would, right. you, you, um, actually, you would even, you know, okay. So you know how you, you, um, you go down a rabbit hole. So back in the old days, it would happen what we would call channel surfing, right? Cable TV came around. There were suddenly yes. 600 channels. <laughs> and as Bruce Springsteen said, 600 channels and nothing on. But mm-hmm. uh, so you'd be watching one and then you go to another. These days, and then Google came out. And, you know, anyway, you start surfing the web, right? And you quickly, before you know it, it's been two hours and you just, you forget what, what you were even looking for in, in the beginning and you've mm-hmm. gone off on some other. That's what's going to happen with your bodies. Right, and you'll just keep jumping, jumping, jumping. Yeah, that's and that would that's going to give rise to some very strange things. Um, yeah. So you know what counts as home is is home the place where your body usually sleeps, or is it the place that you have memories of sleeping? Um, so where do you go back to at the end of the day? Um, I think you probably go back to where your memories tell you to go because, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe you've got, you know, we don't often think about 
navigating home, your body might be able to navigate home without any cognitive guidance. I think this really changes like the whole notion, like you said, the notion of identity or mm-hmm. even the notion of home or anything like that. I'm going to guess that bodies become like, um, I don't know, like let, take a much more simple example. Suppose you could drive any car you wanted. You could just go yeah. into a different car. You would just t- take a car. You would just, you wouldn't care where that car was when you picked it up. It's mm-hmm. now yours. You're just going to go wherever you want to go. And then you find another car and you jump into another car. So I feel like that's how the, the, this deal would be with the yeah. bodies. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Um, relationships are going to get weird, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. at home. A person walks into my house, says, hi, honey, I'm home, and claims to be my wife. But, you know, they look like Chuck Norris. I'm like, mm, are you actually my wife? <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know, actually. Right. And she'll say, sure, you know, we went on our honeymoon here and we did this. And I'm like, well, okay, that does sound right. But um, you, I think you'd have to get pretty, I don't know, you'd have to be very comfortable about relationships having a fluid nature. Um, well, actually, instead of, it'd be a, a horrible way to discover somebody broke up with you. You come home and realize that instead of, <laughs> instead of them having just left, like sometimes that happens, right? Mm-hmm. He just left. He just, he just walked out um, and you didn't see him. He came home. He wasn't there anymore. So now, you know, you've broken up. But uh, instead you come home and he, he's, he seems to be there. There's his body, but there's a different person in the it's body. It's actually a real- totally <laughs> different person. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The ultimate ghosting, right? Just yes. <laughs> literally leave. Right, 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 um, right, right. Yeah. I think you'd probably set up, I don't know, I think I would still want to be able to track down my wife's thoughts, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if she was swapping bodies. Uh, so maybe you'd set up an elaborate system of passwords um, or something like that so you can yeah. confirm that that is the thoughts that you expect it to that person to have. But then things like when my students come into the classroom, um, they expect to see my body sitting at the front of the room. Right. Um, but they expect my mind to be in it as well. So if you know I what look, we, oh, go ahead. say if, if I looked like Kristen Gillibrand, but talked like me, uh-huh. would they be okay with that? Maybe I think so. I, I think it, it reminds me of like it would be like Second Life or whatever the latest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, virtual world is um, online. You know, you could you don't probably do this that often because you, you do want people to kind of be familiar with you. But you could change your avatar every day, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it seems like that's what we're talking about here. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Except that the interestingly for them for for you for the mind that's doing the hopping the body hopping. Um, Unlike an avatar where you just change it, it's literally just a skin, it's just an appearance. Uh, in this case, each new body you go in is full of, you know, whatever it is that the all the emotions or the physical things that the body provides to the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be a much more, uh, I don't know, engrossing experience when you jump from one to the other. Well, that's right. And this is probably, this is a good point to bring up something I, I flagged a, a little while ago is the... Um, mm is that our consciousness, I guess in the last, I don't know, decade or so, neuroscientists have spent a lot of time um, thinking about what's come to be called embodied cognition, which is essentially the realization that the idea that your consciousness is entirely independent of your body is surely wrong, right? Um, that it's not, it can't be the case that um, your thoughts are purely independent of your body. Mm-hmm. So, 
when your minds, if that's the case, then when your mind is transferred into my body, um, your mind will be different immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the kind of fantasy we have of getting to, getting to, I don't know, spy on somebody else's life right. is, right. is not going to work the way we want because they're going to behave different. Their body is going to behave differently because you're in it, but also your experience of the world is going to be different because you're in that body. Yeah. Um, and that is probably not what people want, except maybe just for the, that, that sense of driving a new car every day. I just want to try something new. Right. It sounds like it might feel, in other words, when you jump into a new body, it might feel like almost like you're actually waking up from some sort of amnesia. You're sort of mm-hmm. born again mm-hmm. in a way. But it'd be a bizarre thing where, first of all, you'd be, because you'd, your mind would be completely confused by this new, all the signals from this, both the body and the mind would be confused about each other. So there'd be a period of just like total discombobulation. So you really might not have any, you'd really be a very slow process of, quote, waking up. Mm-hmm. But as they sort of get more in sync um, and get to, you know, feel, you could sort of be waking up and you would have this bizarre, I mean, the, the feeling would be so strange because you would have a lot of your mind from your previous body present whatever thoughts you had and stuff like that and yet you'd also be feeling these new um whatever things the body does provide feeds into our consciousness you know uh yeah so maybe i don't know maybe it's a little like waking up from general anesthetic um, yeah 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 yeah. which is if our, our listeners have had that experience they know it's a it's not it's not like waking up from sleep and it's no that's that's something else entirely and you throw up (laughs) <laughs> let's just get it out let's get it out of there right there yeah uh, yeah so exactly as you i think it said earlier too you'd have to learn how to use your new body um uh-huh. and maybe yeah. learn what new skills it has too um yeah, yeah like maybe you're a champion gy- gymnast um or rather right. the body of right. a champion gymnast right and you might not realize that right away until Somebody says, okay, Simone, it's time for championships. Yeah. And then you walk out and you suddenly have to do this floor routine. Um, that would be, that would be an interesting. That's a frequent recurring dream I have, you know, that you wake I have up to do Simone a Biles. A, well, no, I have to do a floor routine and I haven't practiced, you know. No. <laughs> yeah. For some people, it's calculus tests. For some people, yeah. it's floor routines. Exactly. Um, there's also, and once the brains, once the minds start shuffling, um, this, the, um, restoring things to their original status, um, is tricky because people will wind, will wander off or decide that they're yeah. happy in their new thing. Um, yeah. and there's also a problem. Oh, I should have looked this up. It's got a, a technical term. Um, if you take, say, a group of eight people and swap their minds, um, re-swapping them back requires a specific mathematical arrangement that's actually quite complicated. Um, So this was the the premise of a Futurama episode many, many years ago. Um, uh, And the uh, the head writer of Futurama, who has a PhD in mathematics, actually developed a whole new theorem just so he could figure out how the characters would have to get back into the machine to re-swap their minds in a particular way. And was was this published? Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. So now, uh, uh, as we come towards the end, I always like to hit the gas pedal and jump ahead. Mm -hmm. And uh, it strikes me that a a logical next step here is 
one thing we didn't deal with is the fact that, oh, we're just talking about a clean swap. So like your mind, yeah. all of your mind goes into this other body and whatever mind was there, the entire mind of that other body also went somewhere else or into your body. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me the natural next thing that's going to happen is what about if you just get someone else's, no, you can have multiple minds in the same brain, for instance. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or partial, too. You mm, know, mm. Maybe you only get my memories of watching Futurama. Oh, um, wow. Which wouldn't be so bad, right? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, multiple minds, because when we say mind, we mean a unitary thing. And it's hard, actually, to imagine what two minds in one brain would be. Um, right. you know, who has control? Did they both get the same sensory input? Um, which actually, I guess was, um, the premise of that old Steve Martin movie with Lily Tomlin. What was that all of me? Oh, um, uh -huh. do you remember yeah. this really? Yeah. They, a wonderful classic movie in which Steve Martin has to portray having two minds, both of whom control his his body at the same time. It's, it's a wonderful. Ah, bit of I don't comedy. remember that. I mean, I don't remember what it was about, but yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, it's actually, actually now that I, th I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. Now that I think about it, it's precisely this problem is, um, somebody tries to, uh, a, a dying woman tries to swap her mind with a, a younger woman's mind and then something goes wrong and uh -huh, the older uh -huh. woman's mind ends up inside Steve Martin as well. Uh -huh, uh -huh, um, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good movie. Yeah. Or actually, I should say I haven't watched it in 30 years. Who knows? Maybe it's right. terrible now. No, I'm sure it's, no, I'm sure it's Steve Martin. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be great. It's always um, classic. Um, here's, uh, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, was going to say, so we're going to have some chaos there. And yep. if we've got multiple minds in one body, that suggests there's going to be some bodies without minds as well. Um, so <laughs> at the swap meet, you're probably going to have one person who's like, yeah, I've got six bodies here right. if you want to choose them. <laughs> Um, so that, that market is going to get weird fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, this all seems very Blade Runner, right? I mean, this idea mm -hmm. of like, these have to be these bodies that would be on, on ice or whatever. Yeah. So this swap meet isn't just like your regular bake sale or whatever. It's like, there's all kinds of, you know, medical equipment everywhere and freeze, freeze dried, <laughs> freeze -dried <laughs> machines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it strikes me that, um, this will never work because uh, this or this will simply be the end of the, the humans will definitely try this when they're able to, mm -hmm. and that will be the instant end of the human race. Because um, uh, I think, as we can tell, as we can attest, as we were talking about some medications we may or may not try, um, it's practically impossible to deal with your own single mind and single body <laughs> <laughs> that grows at a relatively slow rate, you know, yeah. uh, aside from that, these those bur bursts of growth spurts you might have in, in your youth. Um, and so multiple minds, <laughs> multiple bodies. Is, I mean, all I can say is psychologists are going to be doing extremely well. Well, know? that's right. Yeah. So there's going to be a whole new industry, not just of swapping minds, but of training yeah. people to live in their new swapped mind, swapped bodies yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. that will be interesting and terrifying. And as you say, I think things are going to get chaotic really fast. Um, you know, the president swaps bodies who gets to do uh -huh, the press right. conference right now it looks right. like just a totally random person sitting behind <laughs> <laughs> the desk in the oval office yeah. uh, but well, they say no, no i'm the still the president because i still know the nuclear launch codes right. um 
No, but someone then, stands up to ask a question and then they say, who are you? Would you identify yourself? And they say, I'm the president. <laughs> the president. <laughs> and then the Secret Service doesn't know who to shoot and it gets That's right. really That's chaotic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if civilization collapses pretty fast. Um, and maybe yeah. there's a, an indication there of the the unspoken significance of the continuity of identity that so much of our society uh-huh. and our ability to function with each other relies on the notion that I am the same person I am that I was yesterday. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, and that those things are are deeply ingrained, and it would be hard to know how to function if that wasn't the case. Right, but now a positive thing: if they could figure this out, you would want to do this. And it's funny because there's shades of this in. AI being present now. So one thing about AI is like you could sort of like AI will play characters. So for instance, you can kind of say, wow, it'd be great if I could ask Albert Einstein for advice Mm -hmm. on, you know, my clothes shopping. Oh, actually, he might be the last person I go to for clothes shopping advice. But (laughs) um, anyway, you know, if you you get it. So, but in this case, you could actually, you know, certainly these minds, we were already talking about the minds as if it's software, as if it's a program that can be copied and and paste it somewhere else. So in other words, you could get someone, you could say, uh, you could buy a copy of Einstein's mind and put it in your uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, brain, so right? cop- that's right. So copying is a whole other thing yeah. from swapping. Um, that also implies, yeah, because if you can copy and store, that's a whole other thing. Because then, it, yeah, that's right. So then, I don't know, we've got... 47 Tom Cruises running around, but inside yeah. <laughs> other people's bodies. Who's, who's to say we don't, I, you know, well, based right. on YouTube, well, it looks that way. And that does kind of <laughs> take us back, right? How do we know that right, the right. person we're talking to is the person we think they are? Yeah. Um, by which we mean their mind. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So copying is going to get weird. And then if we can delete, if we can copy and install, we can probably delete as well. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, I guess a, a longstanding science fiction trope is the notion of the mind wipe as well. That, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, instead of sending people to prison, you you wipe their their memories, and that's oh. good somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I've Interesting. never been yeah. quite clear on why this is a desirable state of things. Right. Um, <laughs> but you can imagine the dystopian. Um, well, they can't remember how to rob the bank. You know. Well, yeah, maybe that's it. yeah, that's right. Oh, and actually, this this does sort of. Um, that that, w- that implication um, probably assumes a particular philosophy of mind called the tabula rasa, which Ooh. is that we we've got it means blank slate um, that human minds are inherently blank and unshaped, and then it's just our experiences that make us what we are. Oh, so if you think yeah. that's the case, then you take a criminal, you wipe all of their memories, they're a blank slate again, and presumably they have another opportunity to be a good person instead of oh, a bad person. Interesting. Um, so if that's the way the tech works, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, or, you know, lastly, it is interesting now because um, there's so many different science fiction stories that are coming to mind now. As you can see how what a big topic this is in sci-fi. Um, but wrapping up, I, I just remember a wonderful movie by uh, Michelle Gondry called uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Where you could you can erase what if you and Black Mirror tries to do this too. I think they do some episodes on this. Where what if you could just erase specific memories, uh, bad things, erase mm-hmm. bad memories, you know, and <laughs> keep it good. You know, edit edit your brain. It's very interesting. Um, now, do you feel that uh, uh, we we 
we got this idea from your dean, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, Rosner? Uh, Victoria Rosner, yes. That's right. Right, mm-hmm. Dean Rosner. Uh, do you think we've lived up to the uh, standards of the Gallatin School? Um, yeah. Well, see, I guess the standards of the Gallatin School are individualized study. Yeah, um, yeah. And the fact that we've done this Check. ourselves. Probably, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we've got that. Um, yeah. We're also interdisciplinary. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think we've probably done a, a good mix of neuroscience and psychology and sociology yeah. um, and philosophy here. Right? Um, uh, what else? I'm in one Washington place, the Gallatin Building, so that probably counts. Right. Right. Um, and Albert Gallatin was the guy who set up the Louisiana Purchase. So oh. if, we, if we can do some quick colonization after the episode, <laughs> then we're good to go. Yeah, yeah that's typically what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that reminds me, speaking of colonization, uh, we have a <laughs> membership program <laughs> called Patreon. It's, it's more like, a rever- I wouldn't say it's colonization, it's reverse colonization. Mm-hmm. You volunteer to be a part of it. But uh, um, uh, you can perfectly, you can volunteer to be our royal subjects um, uh, at patreon.com. You can become a member. We have all kinds of cool gifts uh, Matt, do you remember some of the what, what, what some of the merch that uh, people can get from? Oh, Patreon? I haven't checked lately, but we've got mugs, right? T-shirts. Yep, we got mugs. Yep. Totes. Yep. Did we ever get the totes? I don't know about totes. We have hoodies. Oh, hoodies. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, hoodies are good. Um, and we have custom bodies into which you can transfer your mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be good <laughs> for the new year. We'll be putting those <laughs> up. So bodies. now the tier. I don't know what tier we have. Like a one dollar, one dollar tier, five dollar tier, ten dollar tier, twenty. I don't know these different tiers. Mm-hmm. That tier might be considerably higher than yeah, the other tiers. Yeah, that might be the billion dollar tier. The billion. Yeah. yeah Nothing yeah. wrong. A friend that. of mine. A friend of mine told me that when you set up a, uh, a a crowdfunding type thing and you you create the different levels, what levels should we have? What gifts? What rewards should be available at the different levels? He says you should always remember to put in a drunk billionaire level. Just, you <laughs> Just never know case. if Jeff Bezos is going to stumble on your webpage and say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'll give him a billion dollars yeah. you know, for that hoodie, <laughs> for that body." You know. Um, so uh, yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, thank you. This has been uh, this is fascinating as always. As has this entire year, we did a, we did an incredible uh, number of shows, a variety of shows. And we, you know, we have, I have to go back and look at, I think we started in September, like in, in September, five years ago. So we are, we are now more than five years in, um, I think we have like 350 episodes, something like that. Yeah. Um, those of you who are listening, um, some of you are completists though you've written in and you've said, well, I discovered the show and I loved it. And I went back and started listening to the very first episode and I've listened to all the episodes. You guys are amazing. That is amazing. Um, but uh, if you don't know about that, you can you don't need to listen to all the episodes. But right there on your podcast app, you can scroll back and see any of the previous episodes. And um, um, you can also just go to our website, whattheif.com. Um, I want to give a, a shout out to... Uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to pull up some of the names of our Patreon people. While I do that, Matt, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, I'm teaching J-Term for, during January. Ah. So... Um, if you're enrolled in my class, get the books. Um, that's about it. Yeah. And J term stands for um, uh, January Jones. It's named after the actress <laughs> from Mad Men. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, um, very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, so here, I want to give a shout out, a special thanks to all of you who are our Patreon supporters. Uh, we really appreciate all your support. Bill, super ifer of all time from West Virginia. Thank you. Um, and here's some others. I apologize if I mess up some of your names. And we have some newer people here. Zinedine, 
uh, Sean, Sarah, you're someone named MP3. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, someday you'll graduate up to wave file, but uh, MP3, that's wonderful. Tasha, uh, Connie, Dan, Noah, Yana, Guy, Marsha and Frank, Ahmed, Holly, Don, Ken, Will, and all our other Patreon supporters. Thank you. Thank you for all your support now for going on a year. Um, again, if you're not a Patreon supporter, go check it out. Um, by the way, I, I posted um, one bonus, uh, quite some substantive um, bonus that Patreon uh, supporters get is uh, an extended episode, which we record uh, right. only for Patreon supporters. We continue the discussion for another 15 minutes and talk about some other fun stuff. Um, I posted one of our recent um, post shows uh, for everyone to listen to so you can get a sense of what are those things like. Um, so if you go back just one episode, you can see that there. Both our regular episode is there as well as the bonus. So, um, uh, Matt, do you have any words of wisdom or warning for our audience as we uh, close out 2023? Um, don't let passers-by strap electrodes to your head. Um. <laughs> Always good advice. Always good advice. Yeah. Always good advice. Um, and now the closing ceremonies. What do mm -hmm. we? Uh, what do we need to do here? As I cue up the music, uh, it is when we confront uh, what we have finally done to the universe, um, and this results in uh, typically results in the uh, the announcement of the show's name um, at great volume and low speed. Yes. Um, so I think probably what's going on here is. Um, I take an afternoon off and I go to the Central Park Zoo and I'm having a great time with the animals, but then I get to the penguin house and one of the penguins looks up and makes eye contact with me and says, hi, honey, I'm home, uh, to which I scream out, what the Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, we'll have Gabby back with us next week, of course, and we have a wonderful guest coming up next week. All kinds of exciting things coming in the new year. Have a good one, and we'll see you on the other side.